and welcome in to another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, Jeff Ekstrom alongside Luke Mullen. Luke, good to be back. Another week is down. State wrestling this week. Final week of high school basketball. Things are turning up, and we're about to get to the pinnacle of the winter sports season. Yeah, you know, for weeks now we've been going, you know, those districts, they're creeping up. We can't wait for them to get here. Obviously, girls, sub-districts underway, and pretty soon, you know, the the eliminations will be flowing, teams heading home, and, and tickets to Lincoln being punched. Yeah, we had state wrestling this week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. States Women Dive is next week, and then the week after that is, of course, the busiest time of the high school sports season, in my opinion, at least. It's state basketball, and we... We crunch it to one week yeah, now, even this year. busier <laughs> and really interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit uh, for state tournament week. But, you know, the alternating games, boys, girls, boys, girls, you know, you can you can get those matchups. I think it's a little more uh, separate, you know, earlier in the tournament. But later on, the semifinals and finals, that's kind of part of the fun here coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah. It is certainly going to be a grind for everyone involved, but it will be very fun. But now let's get into what happened this past week that kind of sets up this final week of regular season action. And Luke, we'll start in Class A in girls. The hottest team right now in A, maybe Lincoln High. They kept up their hot run as of late. 55-42 win over number 6 Lincoln Southwest in a big city matchup, and they ended up with that win, a city title. And what I really like about that game, too, is... You know, we've seen that Lincoln High can score. I mean, they've proved that against pretty much all the other Class A contenders. But holding Southwest to 42, I mean, that that feels like kind of a, a postseason kind of result. Yeah. Like, you really need to grind out those wins in the postseason. And and you got to make sure the defense is on point because, you know, obviously one, one bad shooting night, that can sink you. Um, so that's a, a great result for them against Southwest. At home, too, you know, going on the road, obviously – going to have a lot of fans for the state tournament uh, when that happens. But picking up a big road win there, definitely just just stay in that hot team and right up there as a, a Class A top contender. And then keeping within the city in another potential postseason matchup, you had Millard South just blowing out uh, number uh, Lincoln Northeast. And, but they did respond with an upset, defeating Bellevue East by one, 54-53. Yeah, and I, I got the chance to, to see that Northeast-Millard-South matchup and you know, my first time seeing this Millard South team since last year's state tournament, and man, I was just blown away. I I just can't believe kind of the, the shooting ability that they have. Obviously, they have those big three juniors, uh, Maya Babbitt, Chloe Lemon, and, and Cora Olson, and all three of them, you know, I think had like 15, 20 points. But what I didn't realize is, you know, they have like three or four other three-point shooters that just come off the bench and are just as good, and pretty young team overall, I mean... Being undefeated this whole way, I'm sure they'll they'll kind of be in the same conversation again next season. So, you know, no, no shame to Northeast. You know, they had some competitive stretches, but just couldn't defend that for the the full game. But you know, coming back against Bellevue East, a little bit closer matchup, and I think you know some of their strengths in the post and just kind of their overall offensive flow kind of showed a little bit more in that game. Really tough win against a, another state tournament hopeful. Yeah, and I mean. Go back to Miller South for a second. This is about the second time in the last like six years they're going to be in a two three year stretch where they're going to be really good. We had that a couple years ago. They weren't able to get a state title, but they were consistently top of the class in the top three. And now 
looks like a similar setup. Definitely. And I mean, we talked about Lincoln High. We've talked about Fremont. Obviously, they're they're still up there. But when you've gone undefeated through a Class A schedule, I mean, you, you know it's a, a yeah. really special team to accomplish that. Well, then you move down to Class B, and I think I'm officially ready to say we have a big three now. We originally thought it was just a top two with Elkhorn North and Omaha Scott, but I think Norris is definitely in that conversation. Uh, they were very close to both of those top two, a six-point loss to Scott, and then followed up with another close loss to Elkhorn North by six as well. I think they're officially in that discussion. Definitely. And, you know, they haven't been able to to break through, but really no one else has, so... We're definitely not going to hold it against them there. I mean, that, that Scott game, we talked about it a little bit last week, and, you know, following it up with Elkhorn North, I'm not sure. I think that 43 points might be the lowest or, or second lowest Elkhorn North has scored this season. So I know last year, uh, Britt Prince, you know, the great player she is, obviously any kind of junk defense is is going to be key to, to stop a player like that. And Norris has that size to really, you know, push your guards out along the perimeter and, and stop that kind of penetration into the, into the paint, uh, the kind of ball movement that they really want. So I think that that probably played into things. You know, the 43-37 final, obviously Elkhorn North defending champs. They have all the talent to get it done, but that is that is a pesky Norris team that I'm sure, you know, wh- whichever semifinal matchup they could potentially be looking at, they'll be uh, pretty pretty closely, you know, underdogs to the the top team. Yeah. And then you have a Northwest team who's surging right now and be winner of seven out of their last eight, including wins over York, as well as Beatrice most recently. Their only loss in that stretch is to Hastings, and they finish out their season against the Tigers, ready to get some revenge. And that Class B, I think, girls' landscape has been pretty much you know the same seven or eight teams all season. So you get a team like Northwest that gets hot late in the year. You never know those district final matchups – you know, one of those teams that's been thinking state, state, state all year, they could get knocked out. We'll see what, you know, what the draw is there for Northwest. Well, certainly. And then you go down to Class C, and that's where we had a couple. We had a battle of the number ones. C1, number one, GICC defeated the C2, number one, Hastings St. Cecilia, 45-38. Big result there. And I believe revenge for the, the conference oh. tournament, uh, Hastings St. Cecilia won there, so... GICC, you know, they they paid their dues. They had that great week right after um, a couple of those top 10 wins. And, you know, they were a, a state tournament team last year, but they had those kind of state title aspirations and, and fell short a little bit. So, you know, being that number one again this year, obviously they're, they're in the spot that they want to be. You know, they're beating another, you know, potential state tournament favorite. So they're looking really strong again this year, probably – that last year's experience motivating them a little yeah, bit here at the end. Yeah, for sure. And then you stick with C1, and then you have Malcolm, who uh, has been good for the last couple of years. Big, impressive win over Wahoo, but we'll talk about it a little later. Tough, tough path to the state tournament. Definitely. And, you know, they had a pretty disappointing uh, missing out on state yep. last year. Very highly rated teams, uh, you know, a lot of great seniors that missed out on it. So, you know, picking up those tough wins at this point in the year, they're doing a lot uh, to kind of assure themselves of a little bit better chance of making it. And we'll get into some of the the sub districts, uh, the way that they break down later, as you said. Then in C two, really, aside from the Saint Cecilia and Central Catholic game, not much to report there. Uh, UTAN enters at number ten, but otherwise, no changes from Clark Rail's ratings. 
Yep. And we're experiencing this week with kind of the boys' schedule. Yep. But, you know, most teams, they'll just play one game on Friday. You know, maybe they had two games left, um, you know, in that, in that final week of games. But I don't think there's any teams, you know, trying to pack in four games or, or anything crazy in that last week, trying to rest up and get healthy for the, the key district games. Little teaser, we will have Clark Grell, our fearless leader, in the studio next week. We're going to break down districts and what the path to PBA uh, looks like. So watch out for that next week. Uh, But that's all what's happening on the girls' side. And you go down to the boys' side here. We'll start in Class A. Big result of the week, Omaha West Side needs to come back a little bit. They beat number 4 Omaha Central 73-69. And that's very much a state tournament game slash score. Absolutely. I mean, pretty good environment, too, that it was there at, at Westside. Uh, a pretty pretty happy home crowd to not see their team knocked off. And, you know, we we discussed it, I think, a couple weeks ago that, that Westside had kind of, uh, you know, a little bit a little bit of a drop-off in terms of the top-tier competition in their schedule. And we, you know, we looked at that Central game. Obviously, they blew out prep a couple weeks ago. But, you know, Central, a team that can really score it, and they, they showed it there. Uh, Westside, obviously a great scoring team itself. So, you know, needing the late comeback, obviously those those late buckets, as you alluded to, you know, number one against number four, definitely a, a matchup we could see there at, at state once again. And then you have Miller North at number three, who has another scare to number six, Crane Prep. Again, a very, very similar statue in a game, state tournament atmosphere and whatnot. They barely beat the Blue Jays, or Junior Jays, excuse me, 60 to 57. Yeah, I got to to tune in a little bit last night, caught a little bit of the the online stream, and man, Luke Jungers, I think, had definitely one of his best games of the year. Uh, Just a a great mid-range player, you know, he had a couple of those three-point shots, and if there's ever a guy, I think, that can really match Jason Green in terms of a little bit athletic ability, you know, just kind of presence in the post, it's definitely Jungers, and I think that that played in a little bit to to how close that game was. You know, when you get a guy who you know is going to battle blow for blow with green that kind of you know limits his ability to be that all-around presence and just not have to worry about his matchup so really will be interesting to see you know if they do match up again at state that would be the matchup to to really watch in that game yeah it's very tough to defend jason green just because there really isn't anyone like him in class a at the moment he is very he is a typical four um but he does he is a typical post but he's also very athletic enough that he can play at that high post, play near the perimeter a little bit, um, and just shake defenders that way too. And I think that's why we talk. We've, we talk yeah. about we've talked about this throughout the year about how some of these teams just don't match up at all with Miller North. It's because of Jason Green. Yeah, and obviously prep. You know, it's two D one forwards, yeah. two guys staying in Omaha too. So I'm sure they you know they might know each other, see each other in in summer basketball or something like that too. So little bit of, you know, inside knowledge to the yeah. game. <laughs> um, and then you have number six, Gretna, who's been on a heater as of late, but they dropped one to Omaha North, 63-58, snapping their long winning streak. Uh, but Dragons are still 10-2 and two since the start of January. And then Papio South surges at number seven. Yeah, a little bit of movement there. And Papio South, they had a, a battle with Omaha North, too, that I think they won just by about three or four points. So North, you know, that's one of those teams in districts probably – going to be the number two seed in, in one of those districts that could have a really good matchup against one of those district hosts. And Papio South, very hot right now. Uh, got a chance to, to speak with their coach and put an article up there, journalstar.com, check it out. 
and great mix. They got a bunch of seniors and two really talented freshmen who who play some of the most minutes on the team. Obviously, Daniel Procale, uh, 20-point-a-game scorer, leading rebounder, leading assister. Uh, he's definitely, when you get in these moments, obviously you need that star guy, yeah. and I, I have a feeling he's going to come up in those big moments for them. Papio South is a very interesting program in and out of itself because it's not like they've been near the top of any year in the last few years, but they're always consistent and good enough to make the state tournament, and whether that be they host like the 6th or 7th district and win it, or they pull an upset, they always seem to be there. We have yet to see a big breakthrough from them, but they're always in that state tournament scene. Yeah, they've made it three years in a row. Yeah. Uh, haven't gotten past the opening round, but I do believe two years ago they really gave Miller North a scare in that opening game. I think it was a, a fourth quarter comeback that, that gave Miller North the win there. So same thing could happen this year. You never know. And then lastly, taking a look at the city and how that's uh, matching up, Lincoln Pius X in the mix at number eight. Northeast falls to number 10, while Lincoln Southwest and Lincoln East are contenders. Still looks like Pius X, they've been hot as of late. They're moving ahead of the pack, but yep. still they're all kind of mixed in there in that in terms of the ratings between that 8 and 12, 13 range. And uh, it's not a surprise either. They're, they're right there on the wild card yeah. points too. Not, not much difference in those, and we'll get into that later. But Northeast, you know, that, that Millard South game, I think, in terms of the district matchups, was just huge. I mean, that's a, a really good Millard South team, and, you know, getting the chance to watch them live, I was really impressed. Uh, could, could make some noise in districts too. Very athletic team neutralize some of Northeast strengths. But if Northeast could have won that tier two win and wildcard points, they'd be maybe looking at, at potentially hosting a district. Papio South right now has that edge mm. and not a lot of huge wildcard point gains left yeah. for, for Northeast or any of these Lincoln teams. So, you know, I, I don't know how to calculate out the, the <laughs> yeah. tents, you know, at this moment in time with, I think about two games left for, for most of the class A teams. So, We'll see how it falls, you know, next week when we have those those district pairings finally. But that could be one that that they regret when they end up getting the district assignments. For sure. And, yeah, uh, always that last Saturday, the regular season, you have the number crunchers at yep. about 10, between 10 and 11 o'clock at night. You're, like, <laughs> crunching the numbers. I did that freshman year. I was still I was like into the basketball scene. I remember in the dorm just crunching the numbers, figuring out who's going to be one through eight. It's always a fun time. Similar thing for football as well. Yeah. Uh, in Class B, uh, really no changes to report, Luke. Yeah, not a lot of big Class B matchups. Um, Scott beat a really good Bishop Heelan team from Iowa. You know, send your best from, you know, the other states. Yeah. Scott will beat them, you know, <laughs> send it back home. That's happened a couple times this year already. And I think really interesting at this point in the year, Scott, undefeated teams, girls, boys, number one in Class B which, I mean, they're always a, a powerhouse, don't get me wrong, but that level of, you know, just dominance and consistency over the course of the whole yeah. year are just super impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, so Muscat, I guess it's just kind of up to their expectations yes, just indeed. being top there. But while there wasn't much changes in B, I guess C1 makes up for it with a bunch of surprising results. Number four, Auburn loses to Lincoln Lutheran by one, 43-42. Number five, Wayne loses to Seward 55-51. And then number seven, Omaha Concordia loses to Mount Michael 63-53. All of those teams that they lost to were unranked. Yeah, which was really interesting. Uh, 
definitely surprising. I think obviously Seward and Mount Michael class B. So, you know, Wayne and Concordia playing up a little bit, but still, you know, those teams are, are not necessarily expected to make the state tournament versus no. you have these state tournament teams in C1. But hey, you know, sometimes that's exactly what you need. Just a little wake up call, you know, right before districts where obviously you, you might get a loss and, you know, that's the end of the road. So, you know, get it out of your system in the regular season. Obviously, Auburn, I think they've they've lost three games by a total of like seven or eight points, a couple overtime ones earlier in the year. So that kind of close game, I think, is is what they want to be in. You know, the Wayne and Concordia games, a little bit more higher scoring, again, to their strengths. But still, you know, you got to fine-tune some things, you know. You yeah. can't, can't take it for granted that you have, you know, 18, 20 wins because any team, any given night, obviously – it's fun of the postseason. It's fun of districts. You know, we'll we'll have to see. It's hard to make a hot take of you know what team is going to surprise in districts because it literally could be anyone. Yeah, and I mean they got this weekend to fine tune things before districts. Yeah. So right there, and then in C two, impressive wins at the Heartland Hoops Classic. Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family defeats a good Milford squad, and then GICC and Donovan Trumbull each pick up wins in that. Grand Island area schools. Yeah, GICC needing a, a pretty big second-half comeback to, to beat Elkhorn North as well. And, and Donovan Trumbull, I was really impressed by Osceola. They did not look like a D2 team. I mean, they were running up and down the court, uh, really just matching Donovan Trumbull's pace for, for most of the game. But the Cardinals just have a bunch of really good scorers, and that was impressive to me. Again, you know, Humphrey, defending champs, one of the last two unbeaten teams. I think pretty much everybody, you know, in, in C, C2, D1, all those schools, they know what Humphrey can do and really impressed, obviously, the, the Suits brothers, two of the, two of the best players I've seen at that level all season. Big Friday night incoming for C2, but we'll talk that a little later. And, Luke, I thought before we wrap up and talk about state wrestling for a bit, uh, your thoughts. I mean, obviously you wrote a column on it, but your thoughts from the Heartland Hoops Classic. You were there on Saturday. Always a great event. Yeah, no, I was I was really impressed. Um, you know, obviously it it's a fantastic opportunity for the players, you know, uh, to get in kind of that, that showcase environment, yeah. you know, playing in an arena. And that is that is really the best thing, you know, you – Omaha and Lincoln, you know, you get that that arena aspect a little bit more. But, you know, when you're getting these teams from, you know, one or two hours out west or or wherever they, you know, the, the hot team is that they want to schedule, it is really, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime a experience yeah. for these kids at the high school level. And that definitely, I think, showed, like, everybody was just super motivated, I think, to be out there playing really good basketball. And, you know, all the games, it seemed like the first half was just – the teams just shot out there. I mean, they were just ready to play. And then, you know, it's said and done, just kick back in the seats, you know, grab a popcorn, watch some games. And that's obviously part of the fun. Those, those trips, uh, you know, uh, together as a team, that's what they're going to remember. And definitely at this juncture in the season too, great, great experience to, to play, you know, another potential state tournament team just from another class, give you, you know, another starting five, another challenge to, to conquer. So I really enjoyed it. Definitely, definitely looking forward to next year. Yeah. It's always an event where you have your kind of semi-dream matchups of each yeah. year, and sometimes you get some of them. They're always pretty cool. Add in the fact that they're now bringing in some of these top teams around the country yeah. even makes it even more impressive. And uh, let's talk about state wrestling. 
We have that this week uh, from Thursday through Saturday at the CHI Health Center in Omaha. As always, back to that three-day stretch. Last year, I believe it was four days. Yeah. Um, so they bring it back down to uh, three days. But now let's talk about what's been happening. We're going to in Class A. I think the biggest storyline is that of Garrett Grice going for four state championships. Um, and he's not lost in his high school career, 46-0 and this season. And I was talking, to, I was at the media days, uh, NEB Preps media days earlier in the year, and I talked with Garrett Grice and his coach, Todd Porter. And it's interesting because those two will always be connected, and actually Coach Porter will be retiring at the end of the year. And he really reminisced about watching uh, Garrett uh, grow up here in the high school scene and just the way he's dominated. And both of them ideally would love for Garrett to finish out the four-time state titles and go out on top while Coach Porter retires. Absolutely. And, I mean, the career that Grice has had, uh, state all-time takedown record, seeking a, a fourth straight state title, I mean, doesn't doesn't really get any more dominant than that. And I'm super excited just to see him wrestle in person. You know, I'll be the first to admit I, I don't know the most about wrestling. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you see an a- athlete of that caliber, no matter the sport, I mean, that's that's something that, that makes you go, oh, wow, you know, they're they're special. And I'm I'm certainly uh, sure that I'll see that in Grice. And Grice is headed to Virginia. And another storyline will be his future teammate, also committed to Virginia. That's Nick Hamilton of Papillion La Vista, 47-0 this season. Um, and he went unbeaten last season, so he's going for back-to-back state titles. Another great wrestler, uh, you know, really impressed last year as well. And I think what's What's always interesting is you have these different weight classes and obviously, you know, there's going to be a favorite in each one. And I feel like every year, you know, there's one favorite who just gets tripped up, you know, doesn't make it all the way. Obviously, you know, these two guys yeah. have been the most dominant, so I'm not sure it's going to be them, but obviously it can, it can happen to anybody. And I feel like it does happen every year. Yeah. There's something I believe it might've been Nick Hamilton. Don't quote me on it. I might be wrong, but I believe he was tripped up. He was the favorite to win it two years ago. And he fell in the semifinals. So mm-hmm. wins it last year, now looking to do it again this year. And then, of course, team race. It's Millard South, yep. Millard South, and Millard South. <laughs> they, they had 10 district champions. That's just absurd. ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you have a couple guys like Joel Adams. He won state at 138 last year and ranked number five nationally at his weight. And you, then you got Antrell Taylor, top 15 nationally in his weight, committed to the Huskers. Both guys leading this team and Miller South, Luke, uh, no one's touching Miller South's team. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the Class A landscape, it's a, a race for second, obviously. That the Miller South, you know, dominance on the mats is, you know, continued for a while and I'm sure it will. Definitely, I'm excited to watch Antrell Taylor. Saw him on the football field, yeah. you know, now see him on the wrestling mats and just as good in both sports. Uh, really impressive. And just that team as a whole. You know, you know, like even with the level of dominance they have, obviously you got to be really committed to each other and, you know, know that your teammates have your back to, to win that state team title. It, it takes a lot of really hard performances to, to achieve that. And, and every year it's, it's really hard earned. Yeah. And we've already talked about Garrett Grace getting for the four state, four straight state titles. And now we have a guy who has potential to do that as well as he begins his journey. That's Tyson Terry of Iowa North, number one in the heavyweight division. I believe his father played for Nebraska football-wise. 
and he's just been dominant all year long, and he's going to look to start that trend of trying to win a state title. Yeah, another guy who really impressed on the football field, just as a freshman, you know, starting to pick up a lot of recruiting interest. I think Nebraska offered him already as that that legacy recruit, as you mentioned, and definitely, you know, a, a force at defensive tackle. Obviously, some of those some of those same skills at at play here. And then you go down the list here in Class B, Waverly Local School, 11 state qualifiers. Talked with their coach last week, really impressed with his uh, team's performance there. They didn't really have any big shockers. They have 11 state qualifiers. Bennington has 10, Hastings 9, and Scott Spluff does lead the pack, though, with 12. Could be a uh, crowded bunch near the top in Class B. Yeah, Bennington uh, won the state duels title, too. Very close over Blair, another EMC school. Uh, they tend to to put out some great wrestling programs for sure, and I think it's it's interesting to see a couple. You know, I, I feel like I keep mentioning it, but obviously there's some carryover here. A couple of football guys, Luke McDonald, state champion, inside linebacker for Bennington, there wrestling at 195, and Trevor Brown, North Dakota State football commit uh, from Waverly, wrestling at 285. One of the strongest guys on the football field. <laughs> no different on the mats, yeah. <laughs> And then a couple interesting ones with Bennington. You have Kale uh, Lauritsen, 113, one of the best wrestlers in the country. And if he wins this year, that sets him up for four straight state titles going into next year. And then you have at Beatrice, Trevor Ranke, two-time state champ. He's a junior this year, missed most of the year, came back in districts, got runner-up, and he's going back to state. I saw that. and You know, that's that's very interesting. I I don't know if you have any more perspective on this, but... I have to imagine, you know, wrestling, you have to have a, a pretty good rhythm. You know, it's it's a pretty short time out there on the yeah. mat. I mean, it's not like you can just kind of, you know, warm up to it and, and feel your way into it. It's it's pretty, you know, just from the get-go. So if you can miss, you know, most of the season and, and come back and have a, a great postseason run, obviously he's a great wrestler, but I think it's even more impressive than uh, just relying a little bit more, I think, on on pure talent than – you know, that former or experience from the last few weeks. Yeah, it's interesting because it's usually the top guys, and Ranky obviously is, yeah. that you can see guys just come out cold and perform really well. Mm-hmm. And he did prove that uh, last week. And I think, um, again, state is a different beast <laughs> sure. than districts, yeah. um, especially once you get to that quarterfinal round at state. Um, so we will definitely see how ready ranky is yeah. when it comes to that but uh certainly be interesting to see how he does uh and then you move down to class c it was uh aquinas leading the pack uh tied with battle creek 10 state qualifiers along uh battle creek like we mentioned um and then you have drew garfield uh who's at for central city they won as a team the state championship last year and he's at 120 he is his dad is actually the head coach um and he has uh, a chance to go for a state title back-to-back seasons yeah, definitely not surprised to see Aquinas there in the mix. So that's going to be a, a really fun battle to see if them, Central City, or you know maybe even another another team with a lot of qualifiers, Milford, Battle Creek, Raymond Central, all there in the mix as well. And it, I think you know obviously the the benefit there for Central City is they have the two undefeated wrestlers there at one thirteen and one twenty. Always, yep. if you want a, <laughs> a you know a state team title, always good to have a couple undefeated guys leading the pack 
And the, then you got with uh, Aquinas, it's going to be tough for anyone to beat them. Ted State qualifiers, they dominated state duels last yeah. year, and they got a couple of, not for sure, but like very, very favorable guys to win state titles. Yeah, so I mean, that that could be, I don't know, qual- I don't want to say quality over quantity, but obviously you you got to get, you know, these points up in, in any way, you know, the further you progress. So, you know, even if they might fall short of a state title, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, they can get far enough in those in those brackets to make it worth it. And then in Class D, Sutherland is way out there in front of the pack. 12 of the 14 state qualifiers. Uh, they won the state duels less than two weeks ago, and it looks like they're going to have a uh, pretty good chance to double dip and win a state championship. So you got Mullen. They have some depth there, but Sutherland is the favorite going into this week. Yeah, definitely the favorite. A few really impressive undefeated wrestlers, John Paterka and Hunter Cook there at 138 and 152. And a few of those other guys, uh, you know, obviously I, I, the football guys are always going to catch my attention there, but Reese Zutavern from San Hill Stedford, uh, undefeated at, at 195 pounds and he's been he's been training, you know, not just for six months, twelve months, eighteen months. That's a a guy who loves his wrestling. Going to mean the whole world to him to to be out there, and really excited to see if he can get it done, cap that undefeated season. And then you got Scott Ashburn, senior, going for four medals. He was a two time state champ going into this, so he's trying to make that three times. But in addition to all of those, we also have the first ever girls state wrestling championship that coincide with the boys at CHI. I believe they held the girls wrestling state championship in Kearney last year. Yeah. If I'm correct, Mm -hmm. but now it's coinciding with the boys, which is awesome by the way. Um, and a little team preview for you there, Pierce, uh, South Sioux city lead the pack with seven state qualifiers as they were both district champions. And it's give me a three team race between Pierce, South Sioux city and West point Beamer. West point Beamer was a district runner up, but they qualified six. And I believe there's 10 weight classes in girls compared to 14 with boys. Um, so that's pretty impressive in and of itself. And it's going to be a cool three-team race. Yeah. What I'm really interested to see uh, from the girls' side of things is how much, I guess, of a, a benefit it is to, you know, the girls who wrestled at, wrestled at the un, unsanctioned, uh, you know, state championships last year. You know, obviously, NSA sanctioning it yeah. really boosted up the numbers, you know, got a lot of, a lot of interest, which is exactly what they wanted. And, you know, that first state tournament, you know, the, the nerves, obviously, it's a, it's a challenging environment no matter the sport. And wrestling is, is loud. It's chaotic. There's yep. a lot going on. So you really got to be able to, to tune it out and focus. So I'll be interested to see if, you know, that plays any, any impact at all on, on some of the, the championships. And obviously, there's a few undefeated uh, wrestlers in some of the different weight classes who are, are also going to be super fun to watch. You got Reagan Rossiter from Omaha West Side, considered the best wrestler yeah. pound for pound in the girls' side, won a Tulsa national title. So she's got that to back her Pretty up. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And then you got Reagan Galloway from a wrestling crazy town that is Amherst. Um, she, again, is up there with rosters, one of the top girls wrestlers in the state. She won a state title a year ago as well. So plenty of great wrestlers. It's going to be an action-packed weekend at CHI Health Center. Luke and I will be there on Saturday covering the finals. Always a great time. That will also be televised on NET as well, but check for our coverage on journalstar.com. 
Well, that's what's going on with state wrestling. Lots to unpack there, but there's a, there's also a, a few really good contenders from the city. You know, worth oh, mentioning. Yes. Let's let's yes. Yeah. Before we move on, let's do that. Uh, Lincoln East on the boys' side did have a great week. They were a district champ, qualifying eleven. So, Luke, what do you got for us there? Really like Keith Smith uh, at 132 pounds, 30 and two so far this season. Qualified first place in districts, and I think definitely out of all the city schools. East is is probably the one I think with the most qualifiers, uh, the most kind of state title shots. So they have a couple different wrestlers I think that that will definitely push for for the podium for sure. You got Brandon Boster as well, defending state champ. Um, he'll be in contention. So plenty of guys um, there for Lincoln East as yeah. well. Southwest, Southwest uh, uh, coach head coach said it was probably the best last round in a districts they've ever had. Yeah, just to to run through, I think most of the city schools here real quick. Hunter Jacobson there for Southwest, thirty eight and five this year at a, at one hundred twenty pounds. A few other names to to watch around the city. Southeast, quite a few qualifiers. Max McClatchy, thirty seven and four this season. He'll be wrestling at one hundred ninety five pounds. Pius the tenth, two brothers, Sam Andres, thirty four and three this season. He's wrestling at one seventy. Luke Andres, twenty eight and six on the year. He'll be wrestling at one fifty two. Northeast Joshua Shaner, I think, is is the name to watch there. Thirty-three and three this season. He'll be one of those contenders at one twenty. And then Christian there, wrestling at class C level. Few different guys qualified. Levi McGrew, thirty-seven and three this year. He'll definitely be contending there for the hundred thirty-two pound title. Plenty of quality wrestlers coming from the city. You never know. We could get a state champ Indeed. or two from there. We will certainly see. All that takes place, CHI Health Center, Thursday through Saturday. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to preview what lies ahead in the basketball scene and take a quick look of where districts are coming up. Everything, that, and more coming up on the Prep Extra Podcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Don't go away. We'll be right back. podcast brought to you by the lincoln journal star jeff extra luke mullen with you here and luke let's break down what we got coming ahead in terms of this week on the basketball side we're going to start in girls and we're going to break down some sub districts that is already going on in class c and d and in the c14 sub district malcolm defeated milford 36 28 that's a big game right there setting up a sub district final against lincoln lutheran who again is up there in the top three. I believe they're number two or three. Man, that's tough. Absolutely. And I, you know, that's a, a Milford team, I think, that maybe could sneak into the district finals, even with that that early round loss. I think they're 13th or, or 14th in the wild card points as it stands. And obviously, you at home, you'll, you'll know quite a lot more uh, in terms of how these sub districts play out than we do right now. Obviously, they're, they're going on at the moment. So that Malcolm team, you know, I mentioned it earlier, they, they missed out last year with a, a really tough district final loss. And right now they're number nine in the wild card points. So should be safe even with a loss to, to Lincoln Lutheran to have another shot there at, at Macon State. Lincoln Lutheran is number three, by the way. So pretty, pretty tough pretty matchup there for yeah. uh, the Clippers. And in C17, a very good Pierce team who was a contender in Clark Rail's ratings. They suffer a uh, 44-42 loss to Battle Creek, and that is the end of the road. 
<laughs> and that's just brutal. I yeah. mean, that's a team that has 16 wins on the year, uh, you know, double the amount of losses heading into that one. And, you know, they're just too far buried in the wild card points down in the 20s. You don't make it out of your district, and, and obviously that's it. And that's just really the brutal reality for any team in, in C1 or C2. Obviously, you have, you know, those top 10 teams or, or teams outside of it who played really strong schedule, you know, built up the wild card points, got their wins early in the year. But for everybody else, it's it's obviously win or go home. They're, they're in district. So even those contenders, some can make a run, others, you know, going home, which is which is obviously tough. And then you have in C25, number four, Crofton takes on number five, Ponca. Both teams are in the top five wildcard points, so whoever loses that will most likely just go on to the district yep. finals. And then in C26, number nine, Sutton will play contender superior. Some big matchups there, potential state tournament preview. I think definitely that Sutton and Ponca game. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a big one for superior uh, down there, I think at 14 in the wildcard points. So they might be safe even with a loss. Very hard to to tell, you know, if all the teams ahead of them will take care of business. But, I mean, 20-4 and four record and, you know, just a, a district loss is going to, you know, even keep you from going to the yeah. district finals is pretty tough. So, you know, I, I do like that obviously you get a few teams who, who lose out in districts that, that get qualified for the mm-hmm. district finals. But still, you know, it, every year it feels like there's, yeah. there's some team who deserves to be there but is missing out. Yeah. And I think that's part of the criticism of kind of the sub-district format. Yeah. Um, there really hasn't been changes to that format in a while, even though there has been some noise around it from uh, critics. But we'll see if anything happens from yeah. that standpoint. And, you know, I'm not sure if this was – if it's any different – like if they could have done this in years past, but I know a few of those sub districts this year for the girls' side so far. You know those those early round games where you're supposed to go to the the district host. I think they've played at at the higher seed. You know if it's like a two or three hour drive, and yeah. and really it doesn't make a, lot, a whole lot of sense for for some of these teams. So that's interesting too. Obviously, we get some big travel matchup. You know potential in in the district finals yeah. where you know, geography doesn't, doesn't play in at all, but even in the sub districts, it, it still happens. So it's, it's definitely an interesting topic to, to discuss for NSA moving forward. Yeah. Um, but Luke, as we, that's all for girls and moving to the boys and man, we got a pretty good week in the boys side coming up to finish out the year in class a on Thursday. This is a big one. Number one, Omaha West side at number five, Gretna, I think, obviously, Gretna dropping the last one against Oman North. I think this one is really going to test how up to par they are and how much of an impact they're going to have if they make the state tournament. Oh, would, I mean, beyond a doubt. Obviously, they had those battles with Bell West. You know, they they had the big upset win, you know, really that I think propelled them for, for the rest of the year, really gave them that confidence. But there'd be no, no bigger confidence booster, I think, than, you know, taking down the number one team right there on the eve of, of the districts and potentially state tournament. So at a bare minimum, I think they would love to just play a very competitive game there with Westside. Uh, I, I, you know, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say that Westside probably wins it by five or six, you know, a, a close game like that. But obviously I think Westside can score the ball at a rate that, that Gretna might not be able to match. So really going to need to play some great defense to, to keep that one close. 
And then also in Class A, you have number two Bellevue West at number four Omaha Central on Friday. And then a big rivalry is number six Creighton Prep is at number four Central on Saturday. So big back-to-back big games. Actually, three straight days of big games uh, in Class A this week. And, man, Central did not do itself any favors. Or maybe, you know, look at it on the other hand. They they really wanted to get the the state tournament experience a couple weeks early, playing Westside, Bell West, and Creighton Prep all within eight days to end uh, the regular season. So that'll that'll really stretch them, test their depth. Bell West, Creighton Prep, back-to-back days, very similar to a state tournament environment. So might have had a little bit of that, you know, idea going in. So played West Side so close. I think, you know, really they're they're kind of locked in, I think, to the the spot they are in the, the wild card points there at number four, Gretna. Pretty close to them, actually, now that I look at it, and prep not far behind. So maybe a prep win could could give them a big boost there. Um, but either way, you know, those those tough games late in the year, they they do a lot to help your your wild card points, even if you lose. And don't forget about the emotional factor for Omaha Central. Eric Barons is leaving yeah. to become athletic director um, at Westview. Yep. Yeah, and so this is his final year at, at the helm of Omaha Central basketball. So. Don't forget about that. And that could have some motivational factor for Omaha Central. In Class B, again, it's been a little light over the last week or so in the top matchup. It's intriguing, though. Number seven, Beatrice, at number six, Waverly this week. And both those teams, uh, state tournament semifinalists last year, I believe. Uh, so kind of fighting to, to get back to that same spot. That'll be a big one. Uh, you know, another one of those kind of state tournament environment or perhaps feel to them a, a little bit of an early preview in that one. And then in C1, a couple of top teams going on the road. Uh, You have number one, Ashland Greenwood at Malcolm, and then Carney Catholic at number two goes to Adams Central. And both those teams just been winning all year, got the one loss, and two pretty good contenders, I think, there that have have really challenged some of the the top teams in their class as well. So that'll be a nice tune-up game for those C1 contenders. Then in C2, we already mentioned it before, it's a big week there. Number four, Norfolk Catholic, and number seven, seven Hardington Cedar Catholic. Number two, Howells Dodge, and number nine, Lutheran Northeast. And in D2, number three, Why Not at Laurel CC. A lot can change, I think, in, in C2 uh, based on, on this upcoming week. And the interesting thing is you have those districts already assigned you know, for all the, the non-Class A so in terms of wildcard points, you're really looking at the district final pairings. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of these big matchups this week, obviously, uh, you know, won't be able to change the, the district matchup. So either way, I think it's, it's a little bit, you know, in, in a way it's kind of the pressure's off. I mean, obviously you want to win that game. It, it can give you a, a huge boost, but I think all, all those teams will, will walk away, you know, pretty unbothered even if they they pick up a loss against that top tier competition i think the biggest win for any of those teams this weekend is coming out healthy true yeah that, always always the the concern here at yeah. around district time yep uh well before we go away that's all what's going on let's take a quick look at districts before we break it all down next week right now in terms of class a and who's hosting districts we already kind of mentioned it before but Papillion La Vista South is up to number seven, so they are in position to host districts. That bumps out Northeast, who's at number eight. You have Lincoln Southwest at number nine, and Piasex at number 10. And they're all just incredibly close uh, up there in the, the wild card points. You got Papio South at 44.25, Northeast 44.19, 
Southwest 4404, Pius also 4404. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when, when we're talking about, you know, getting the calculator out, I mean, we're, we're not joking. We're talking tens, you know, hundreds, thousands, whatever of a, of a decimal point. So obviously, you know, the, the whole season goes into it. You can't really gripe once it's all said and done, but when, when you are looking at margins that small, it, it makes a huge difference in, in terms of, of how your season ends up going. Yeah. And that's, and that's an interesting spot for to be that close because hosting district is such an advantage yeah. too that it makes a lot of difference. For sure. I think, you know, really the biggest thing is just travel, you know, I think comfort, obviously the, the home fans, but I think really the, the travel, I think plays yeah. into it more, you know, just loading up the bus, having to stay focused for, for a couple hours when you're there at home, just the, the comfort, your routine yeah. is, is obviously there. And I think it's, more important of a factor, considering that this is one metro team against two city. Yeah, because if you're if you're northeast or pious, you don't mind if you are seven and eight. Oh, for sure. Because yeah, what if you both win? You're just going cross city to each yep. other's schools. That's not a big deal. Otherwise, you're driving forty five minutes down to Papillion La Vista South. Exactly. Yeah, and for a while it was looking like northeast maybe and pious there in that seven eight, but obviously all those. All those Lincoln teams, I think East East also there at, at a potential two-seed in district. So, you know, four Lincoln teams there along the two-seed line, you know, they, they won't be favored, but obviously there's there's potential for some big upsets. Yeah, let's go through those one, two-seed pairings real quick at where it stands right now. Obviously, things are going to change. But at the moment, it's Millard South Cardi, Omaha West Side, Omaha North, Bellevue West, Lincoln East, Central Elkhorn, Elkhorn South, Gretna, Pius X, Prep Southwest, Papio South, and Northeast. Man, those last three. Whoo! <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm thinking pretty much all these these matchups sound great, you know, like potential state tournament games, which is obviously what you want from those those district final matchups. But, you know, looking here in the city, Gretna Pius uh, potential matchup, I think that would be great for Pius. You know, two really tough teams that that love to grind it out. I think that would kind of inherently bring about a, a really close game you know prep southwest would be really interesting considering southwest really got embarrassed by prep a, a 30 point loss earlier in the year and you know they'd have to play a lot better and obviously yeah. they have played a lot better too so that would be i think tough for prep to to see a, a really different side of southwest and then that papio south northeast obviously as we've we've said the seven eight tends to bring yeah. about the the best matchup in that one, you know, if there's ever a, a playing game to the state tournament, it's right there. That would be just a, a huge battle between both those teams. Yeah, very fun. These districts are lining up to be really, really good. Uh, so watch out for new episodes this week as well as next week when we break all the districts down. And watch out for our coverage on Saturday because we will break down all the districts and make sure to get those district seedings out as quickly as possible. And finally, before we go away, Luke, where we seeing you this week? Yeah, gotta be at state wrestling. I mean, it's the it's the show to be sure. So I'll be down there checking out uh, Class A on on Thursday, and then really excited to see the the first ever you know girls state champions accept their medals, you know, take their place on the podium on Saturday. And I'll also be at Norris at Wahoo, a nice uh, BC one boys matchup there on on Friday night. Yeah, that'll be a good uh, boys game too. Absolutely. You know, Warriors, they're one of those teams in C1. Nice little tune-up. That's a, a Norris team that's 
they played a really tough schedule, but they do have some great athletes yeah. they can test you. Yeah. Well, that's it from us here on the Prep Extra Podcast. Make sure to check out all the latest ratings, features, gamers, whatever you need to stay connected to the Nebraska high school wrestling, basketball scene, swimming, diving, whatever else you need. Make sure to go on to journalstar.com uh, to check out all of that. From Luke Mullen, I'm Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much for listening in. You've been listening to another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Now go out there, enjoy some basketball, and some state wrestling. We'll talk to you soon.